Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Standby lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hi. Well, hello, hello. Funny running into you here in a Costco where we're recording. <laughs> oh, have you tried the quiches? They're so. Could you imagine? <laughs> Let's just set up in a Costco one day, Tyler. That it's, should be our like, new thing. That would be hysterical. Oh. We have to set up uh, like near the the samplers, so then it's not right. Like, it's totally. not a thing. You just kind of blend yes. in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. After that really awkward spin, I don't know where <laughs> that came from, but I just felt felt like being weird. Uh, my name is Tyler. I am one of your hosts, and I'm your other host. My name is Stephanie. Um, how you been, bud? I've been, uh, I've been, I've been all right. Been, been busy. I, I turned down a salaried job. Uh, oh, for the sake of one, being able to afford where I live, and two, uh, this, and you know, yeah, like, yeah, and, and acting. Would it have big. been with the with the bar or some somewhere else? No, it is with another company, and you know, they're they're great, but they want you know. 50 to 60 hours for essentially take home like $2,500 a month. No, that's uh, for salary. Yeah, absolutely not. So I, uh, I've had like a really refreshed outlook on my current situation at work this week. And, uh, yeah, I'm in the second round for something that's really important to me that I hope, uh, may work out at least for exposure out in LA. So I'm working on the second round of that. Is it American Uh, Idol? Or the voice. That's what you- <laughs> I'm, I'm only singing Tears for Fears. That's all I'm singing. Nothing else. Perfect. Perfect. But uh, yeah, it's just, just working, staying on top of things. What about you? What's new with you? Oh, you know, just working on a show and then people getting COVID and uh, having to cancel shows and do a lot of understudy rehearsals. We were supposed to like get into a rhythm after Christmas and instead yeah. other people, you know, lived with people who tested positive. So then they weren't a lot. It was just a fucking mess for the past two weeks. So um, thankfully everybody is back. We had a good five show weekend um, and, and hopefully uh, we can all avoid it going forward. So that's been fun, but um, otherwise, you know, just living the dream, doing a show, um, I just got, uh, an offer for, uh, a theater to work for the summer, which is really exciting. So I've got summertime booked, which is great. And yeah, I just have a dog who's been farting nonstop next to me. So that's been fun during this interview. I, I was almost like, I might have to mute myself and puke because it's just been, but he stopped. So. I thought you just had to sneeze and you weren't like going nope. up to blow your nose because you had the nope like, huh. yeah oh. yeah nope that was watson farting oh, farting away watson. so um how's the puppy hunt has that started yet it has and it's it's going well uh I, essentially i just said hey let's get either husky or an aussie but now it's it's finding a dog that meshes well with finn finn you know yeah. that will fit there and uh i think we're, we're getting closer and closer every day she that's like 
you'd think she was on Tinder cheating on me. Like she's just <laughs> so just about <laughs> this one, about this one, about this one, uh, which Aww. is great. So uh, it is also Patrice's birthday. So happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday, Patrice. And Yay. she is uh, a fresh 29 today. Um, so she, <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't say her age because she will yeah. forever be somebody in her early twenties. Uh, and yeah, we're going to go to, after we do some more puppy hunting, uh, probably for a couple hours today, we're going to go to the melting pot tonight in Littleton. Yeah. Uh, and we were going to go to Louisville, but, uh, for those of you who don't know, there were, uh, the Marshall fire hit Louisville yeah. and Superior pretty hard in Colorado. So, uh, another thing I'm, I'm trying to do at the place I work at is just kind of filter out donations and make sure those are That's delivered. Good. So if yeah. uh, those of you who are listening, if you, even if you're like in another country, uh, look up Marshall fire, uh, donations and you can give, you know, whatever you can, a couple bucks here and there to help these families that yeah. have been completely displaced. Yeah. Uh, and, 600, and them, uh, over 600 homes over destroyed 600. and, 30,000 people displaced. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to drive over there tomorrow. It's, it's bad. Uh, like holy. And then it snows the next day. So like, screw you, Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) So so wrong. So, um, yeah, outside of that, we're, uh, we're just working, looking for a dog and, uh, yeah. We haven't discussed, and this will be a longer discussion because I know you actually have to go do things with your girlfriend, but uh, Cobra Kai season four. Did you watch all of it? I watched all of it. I literally, (laughs) the day I texted you, so New Year's Eve, I had a show and then, no, I didn't. New Year's Eve was either a show. No, it was a rehearsal day because that show was canceled. Um, I went home and I uh, stayed up till 10 watching Cobra Kai and then I went to bed but then like two nights later I stayed up till midnight to finish it <laughs> so uh, I don't I just I yeah Tyler I just it was so delightful it was fantastic um though Again, I still don't understand where all of the other parents of these kids are that keep getting Nowhere into fights. <laughs> Hero parent interaction. Um, I also love that um, they, you know, it's kept at PG, but you know, all those kids are like getting into business with each other. That is not, like, Spo- come on now. S- spoilers for if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, like, skip to i don't know like what maybe seven minutes into this this episode just just skip around uh till you hear the interview and then go back but yeah the, for sure there's a lot of things like, happening these, between teens. these kids yes <laughs> so um, <laughs> i oh uh, god it's it's i like, also you know what else i what? i love and hate about it is they're doing they do such a good job to kind of like humanize all of the characters that to a point I'm like literally all of these kids have absentee parents or a parent that's like screwed up their life and that's why they're all angry um and want to fight each other but then also like um crease you know in season three we had to learn his backstory and apologize so and like and i'm just like i kind of just want a villain 
and he's just a bad human, like a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want all of these people to have sob stories. I just want to hate one of you because I feel like yeah. next season with the new, the newest bad guy, we're going to learn about why he's a problem or, you know, why he is the way he is. And I don't give a fuck. I just I, I really think <laughs> they, yeah, they need to make that switch, honestly. Yeah. Cause I mean, even like, Terry Silver had a few moments where you thought, oh, okay, well, like he was coked up in the 80s. Like right. that's why he was right. a prick, which is right. the best, like, expl- that was the Seriously. most amazing thing that's happened this year so far. It's like, oh, yeah, I was coked out of my mind for those years. I yeah. bullied a teenager into joining it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Seriously. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh. I just hope, here, here are my theories for season five. Um, we'll see if she would do it, but I think Hillary Swank should be Tori's mom. <laughs> Thank you. 100%. I don't know if she should be Tori's mom, but she definitely needs to be in this she series. She needs to be like, involved, I was right? hoping that she was going to be in this season. And when I, she wasn't, I was kind of bummed. Yeah. Like maybe uh, she's a Hillary social Sank worker needs or something. to make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Barnes. Absolutely. Should be Miguel's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think his dad is, is actually Latin. I think his dad is Got Mike it. Barnes. Got it. I'm calling it. Oh no! And I That's want him too to be much. a complete piece of shit. That's too much. <laughs> That's too much. This is Cobra Kai. This is. I've been this excited That's since true. Power Rangers was on when I was like five. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> if they had Power Rangers costumes in one scene, I'm done. Like, kill me. Uh, I, I can die happy. Uh, I'm so uh, glad you watched it though, because I, I, I. Yes, I did. Uh, it's amazing. so good. Um, <laughs> Okay, I guess we should probably finally we introduce probably our guest. get to the guest. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. <laughs> She's going to love this. She's going to be like, this is great. Um, but yes, we had um, a lovely guest today, Jasmine Day. Um, she uh, most notably was uh, uh, Joe in a Safe House 1618. And we, who, um, we di- interviewed the director, Calvin Shepard, a little while ago. So he kind of connected us and Jasmine. And um, yeah, and so she was just so delightful to talk to. And um, she just kind of shares what her journey has been. And, and um, yeah, so please enjoy Jasmine Day. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. How's it going? I am so good. So excited to do this. I've been looking forward to it all day. How are you guys? Yay! <laughs> As you wake up at like three in the morning, just heart beating. Like, oh man, it's not time yet. I got, I got a couple hours. I'm good. Back to bed. I know. I think I was having, honestly, I think I was having weird, like, like before doing any sort of acting or performance or whatever, I always have weird dreams. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to do something tomorrow and I can't sleep because I'm doing it. So I think I was having weird movie dreams all last night. So nice. (laughs) Nice. Well, and you, you mentioned in your email, you just got like your wisdom teeth out or something. I'm just like, so impressed that you're not suffering. I I feel like it took me forever. Yeah. You should have seen me about uh, four days ago. I look like a chipmunk. (laughs) I was all over the place. So this is a I sound considerably better today. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Man, I can't imagine like getting them out as an adult like that. Ugh. I would get all of them out. I just had the top two. Um, so that one of them wasn't too bad. The other one was super impacted. I was awake for it the entire time. 
and just hearing I don't like I'm very sensitive to noises so just hearing cracking and like why didn't you tell them to knock you out I don't know <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> fine right <laughs> but like give me earplugs at least something to listen to yeah I was not pleasant but I'm happy to be better and I'm happy to be here so thank yeah. you Oh, I just got I've only had one taken out and that flashback was just enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, Jasmine, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? So I am an actress. Uh, I also am a dancer. I play the drums. I just love performing and any sort of art. So I try to, um, any new artistic skill I can learn, I'm always ready to do it. So I love performing. I've been doing it since I was three years old, um, which I started I started out with dancing. So I've been doing that for like 18 years, I think. And then acting, I started doing when I was a little bit older, started with theater and like middle school, high school and everything and uh, drums as well. And then I moved out to Colorado. I'm from New Mexico. I moved out to Colorado for college and I got to meet a wonderful group of people in the Greeley, Fort Collins area that loved filming just as much as I do, which was really amazing because in high school, that's, I wanted to start filming, but I didn't really have a group of people to do it with and I didn't have the skills or knowledge to just go out and do it myself yet. So moving out to Colorado was really, really great get a learning experience from everyone on set, meeting the group, especially everyone that we worked on Safe House 1618 with. Um, just, you learn so much from the people that you work with. And I actually didn't even go to, I didn't go to school for film necessarily. I added film studies in as a minor later, but I went, I was doing like chemistry. I was doing criminal justice stuff. Cause I thought that forensics would be super cool. Cause I love like crime movies and everything and then I realized well why don't I just do movies instead and then maybe if I'm in a crime movie well that would be super cool so um you know once I found that group of people I kind of finally pushed myself to stop having a backup plan and just go and do it so I think that was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself awesome that's me yeah that support group's super important (laughs) That's just really cool that you found you found a group that you can connect with. Thank you. Yeah, I love them all. They have been so supportive in anything that I'm doing. I mean, the great thing about working with your friends is that if someone says, all right, I want to shoot a music video tomorrow, who's ready to do it? Like everybody will be there to help. And, you know, if you get like pizza after, then everyone's happy. It's they're just happy to be there. And I think that's really important working in an indie film, like indie film community, because everybody's so supportive and, you know, you just kind of switch favors for everyone. Like I'll act in your short film if you help run lights or whatever on mine. And it's, it's a really great way to get started and get learning experience. I, um, I feel like a, maybe a secret life goal of yours is to like, be a reenactor on forensic files or something to kind of merge those two. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny. 
watching like watching any like okay uh, definitely like police Mm -hmm. procedural procedural or any sort of crime movie I mean my roommates that I were living with that I was living with they are also still criminal justice majors so the three of us in a room together and we're watching something we're like that's wrong (laughs) that's wrong that's wrong (laughs) yeah so I think it's my life goal to be in a um uh forensic accurate (laughs) portrayal of a crime that would be so boring <laughs> I know, it'd, be so boring, but it'd be so boring but my roommates wouldn't have to yeah. know about it so that'd be <laughs> would there be a, a complete lack of like lab-based montages or would there be more if it was more accurate <laughs> i think the movie would probably be like well at that point it would just have to be like an eight-hour right. movie <laughs> cut up into a couple episodes it'd be so boring i, I think you that. should make it just see just see if you can make it and then and see how well it does you've heard of the three hour long movie the irishman well get ready for the eight hour long movie <laughs> <Welcome to Lab. laughs> want to see an 80 year old man with a digital face drop kick a much younger man we got it <laughs> <laughs> we got it exactly. so so what are you doing, uh, you know, as as we talk about on this podcast, what are you doing to sort of support yourself as you're pursuing more performance jobs and performing, you know, more creative endeavors? Do you have a, a day jobs or something that's, you know, like, I don't want to say it's keeping you sane, but it's allowing you more time to focus on, you know, the creative part of your life? Um, I have been, uh, I'm very lucky to have grown up in the family that I did. My mom uh, who's a huge inspiration to me. She owns a dance nice. studio. So that's why I've been dancing. I've literally been in a dance studio since like the second day mm-hmm. I was born. I'm just, wow. I've always been there. So getting to, um, getting to see her and help her run her shows and getting to learn sort of that side of the live performance industry, getting to learn how to talk to people, to network, I've been doing that since I was a little kid and I think that that's been really helpful for me. So I'm actually back in New Mexico for a little while right now, um, helping her out with her studio. And because I've always had like the opposite schedule of any other kid my age when I was younger, you know, we'd get home and we'd eat dinner at like 10 o'clock because dance studio hours are at night when the kids are off of school. So we kind of like having that schedule set up for me since I was little has really helped me have those crazy demanding hours as a performer I mean you're going all day long and you're exerting your body and mental capacity just like being on this thing all day and I found that very helpful um and kind of gave me an edge over some other people I think getting used to it because it's difficult and it's draining and oftentimes like after a show or or performance or filming or anything, I will get so sick afterwards because I'll just go and go and go and go for two weeks and then I'll just collapse. But while I'm over here, I mean, kind of getting back into um, just helping my mom with her studio, it keeps uh, the sort of day job, but my weird version of a day job, (laughs) which is not nine to five. Um, So getting to still perform, make a living, as well as having time for 
auditions and everything like that. And while I'm over here, uh, Albuquerque has coincidentally in the time that I've been gone become a huge movie hub and there's movies being filmed all over the place. Like Clint Eastwood was just at a restaurant in town the other day. And they're like, oh yeah, I saw Clint Eastwood or, oh, I saw Queen Latifah. She was filming a movie. So it's just so weird that now I'm back here and the movies are here too. So I'm uh, working on some just crew jobs. They pay really well. It's not acting yet, but anything to be involved with the craft at all times is somewhere I try to be. Wow. Yeah, it's a foot in the door. (laughs) Foot in the door as much as I can. Because it's exploded um, in Albuquerque, are you, do you notice significant differences between film life in New Mexico versus what you were doing in Colorado? Absolutely. Um, Colorado, like I said, is very small indie community. Even I was lucky enough to shoot some short films in Denver and some music videos and everything. And even Denver has that same feeling of everyone being very close knit and helping each other out where you can, because it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. There's money is a huge issue, um, equipment and everything. So it's nice to be able to have that support system of people ready to jump on any project whenever you need them to. And in Albuquerque, it's very much so, um, uh, like Hollywood, but much Mm -hmm. smaller because it is the Hollywood productions coming out to Albuquerque to be filmed. And the nice thing about New Mexico is that it is a nice, uh, in between stepping stone. That's not huge Hollywood where you have to fight so hard every day. You still have to fight for it out here, but New Mexico is really great because the productions that come out here from Los Angeles or Atlanta or anything like that, they sort of have an agreement with the, with the state of New Mexico that like, yeah, you can film here and we'll give you help and good deals on everything if you either cast or give jobs, crew jobs to local people. And I think that that's really great for the state and for the people of New Mexico to be able to have a stepping stone if that's the career that they wanna do to get into it somehow without having to move to Los Angeles and do that crazy, crazy thing. So it's very different from Colorado, but I think it's a really great middle stepping stone in between somewhere like Los Angeles or New York or Atlanta or something like that. It it definitely seems that way. I I was down there in August for a Netflix uh, shoot, just non-union small shoot in the middle of somebody's ranch and everybody I met who was on the project were locals. I mean, you had somebody who's been in a performer for 20 years and someone who had just started right out of college. So it's just really cool seeing that inclusivity and like knowing you're from there and that you're back there now working crew. Are you thinking about staying there for a bit and trying to develop uh, a sort of like further progress in your career? Are you thinking about going to Atlanta? Are you going to to try LA? What, 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 What are you thinking? Um, I am going to stay here for a little bit. It always, I mean, being an actor or any sort of artist, it's always so uh, in the way that you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, 
auditioning all over the place, I never want to limit myself of, oh, I'm only going to send in auditions to Colorado or New Mexico uh, films or anything. So I audition all over the place as much as I can because, you know, you never know when an opportunity would happen. And I think for now it's a great um, home base kind of earn some money, get some, get some more resume things under my belt. But I, I've always been a big city kid and I can't wait to go somewhere and try it. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But then I can say that I've at least tried it. Percent. That's great to hear. I think a lot of people right now are very content with self tapes and not like, I guess, having to go anywhere necessarily, but also not being open to going right. anywhere, you know, like go to Atlanta, go, go for a week and try it out and just sort of see what happens. So that's, that's awesome to hear. Like, I, I can't wait to see what you do in the next five years. Thank you. I've always, I've always loved to travel. And another great thing about my mom's studio is that uh, we would go on these trips performing everywhere. So like I danced in New York for a little while. I've danced in for Disney World and on some cruise ships and I've gotten to perform in some really great places. And I don't know, I don't want a life without traveling and always being on the go. I love being on the go. And I don't want to necessarily ever be comfortable with where I'm at, which sounds kind of weird, but I don't like feeling comfortable because once you feel comfortable, then it's like you're, you're content and then you don't push yourself to grow and to improve. So somewhere like New York or Los Angeles, you'll never feel comfortable. And I kind of, in a weird way, I kind of long for that. Being a dancer and kind of, and I'm assuming, you know, you're performing on a stage versus in, you know, in front of a camera. Um, what, like, do you also perform in theater? Do you, do you have a preference between the two in terms of being on stage or, or camera? It was very, uh, just starting out with filming. It was such a different experience versus being on the theater because, or in the theater, when you're on stage, you have to be, of course, larger than life to reach the very back seat of the audience so that every single person in that house can hear you and they can see your face. And it was such a weird transition to go on a camp, like, to be filming in front of a camera when the camera's like super close up on your face and you can see every line in your face and it was the weirdest thing because you know it teaches you the art of subtlety and you don't have to always be larger than life if you're if you're crying it doesn't have to be crazy over the top it can just be a single tear rolling down your face how dramatic is that <laughs> it's it's very different and i think a lot of the times i actually haven't gotten to do theater in a couple years now and every once in a while I do miss it because just having the adrenaline rush before going on stage knowing that you can only do it one time you don't get any like you don't get a second take and there's a live audience there watching you so it's a very different rush of adrenaline that you get um that's what I've noticed the most I do I love both I really do love both and I find myself missing theater a lot, which I'm always open to doing more theater anytime. Um, I just haven't had the opportunity to in a while. 
So hopefully yeah. I will again soon. I just think like, especially because, you know, theaters are starting, have, you know, have taken the past fall and, and into this year as the chance to get back into the groove and stuff. But so many people kind of use the pandemic as their, their chance at retirement. You know, it feels like it's a opportune time for people to, to maybe try to get back into it or, you know, and like audition and things like that. So just curious. Um, Hopefully I love auditioning for anything, any show, any film, any, whatever. <laughs> um, somebody, somebody sent me a, um, one of my friends sent me a little short film that he was working on the other day. And he's like, okay, you'd be playing the girl in the mm-hmm. sink. Sorry if that's kind of weird. And I'm like, you know what, at this point, like, sure. Girl in the <laughs> yeah. sink. Why not? Oh, yeah, like- <laughs> so like an Oscar the Grouch, I'm you're always- just like in a sink and you're, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I hope I have some like ridiculous <laughs> Always try new things. Right. Why not? And like, speaking on that part, what's your I don't want to say what's a dream role, but you know, in Safe House 1618, you you play somebody who is, you know, has this like warrior type spirit. And I haven't seen Mercy Kill, but I know you're in that, uh, which I think was the year before. And it seems like you're playing these sort of gritty, almost femme fatale type characters that can hold their own. Do you have a, a dream role that you'd like to sort of embody someday or maybe a role? Because we were talking earlier before we recorded that, you know, you have Chicago and La La Land behind you. So would you prefer like a musical role or would you prefer like a, a really crazy, like, I don't know, just genre bending role in a film? Oh, let me tell you, all right? <laughs> you can tell me to shut nope. up at any nope. point. No cuts. <laughs> no cuts, okay. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you like a two-part okay. answer. Um, one that is, oh my gosh, I would just die. <laughs> um, I love The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And it had been, I, I think they're still doing it. It had been rumored for a while that they were doing a like a series based off of Lizbeth Salander oh my gosh let me tell you how much (laughs) um favorite book series uh you know David Fincher's version of the movie's great the uh trilogy from Sweden uh starring Newman Rapace those are great I love I love all of it and Lizbeth is such I mean she's such a badass like come on (laughs) hell yeah she rides a motorcycle. She has like a black spiky hair mohawk. She takes people out left and right, and you know you would never know that because looking at her, she's frail looking. She's tiny. She's probably shorter than I am. Like her description, um, she's just the super tiny girl, and you would never expect that. And you know, throughout the book, throughout the movie, people are always underestimating her because of how she looks and I think it is so cool that she she just goes at it with her intelligence she goes at it with whatever you know physical ability she has and she constantly surprises everyone around her and I think that that is her strength and she uses what she can to find justice against these terrible people 
a character like that would be so amazing. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm just like, I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> that would be really great. Any sort of gritty, I love grit. I love playing gritty because it's not necessarily me. I'm not, I'm always smiling. I'm always laughing. I'm not a super gritty, intense person, but I can be. And I think that that's the enticing part about it is of course, when you're acting, you're always being someone who you're not, except you have to, to like truly give a believable and genuine performance. You have to take bits and pieces of yourself that you can relate to this character, no matter how different they are from whoever you are in real life. You have to take parts of yourself to connect with that character. And I think that that's so important for, for performance and being able to do that, Lisbeth or someone like Joe and say fast sixteen eighteen, very different from me. But taking those parts of yourself that you can relate and sort of morph into the character, how you see fit to give a just genuine performance is so exciting. Um, on the other side of that, that's kind of a musical musical based uh, dream role, I suppose. Um, I would love to be in a musical, but rock and roll. I love, I'm constantly, as anyone knows me, I'm constantly listening to heavy metal, punk, whatever, any sort of rock and roll. And I love, one of my favorite musicals is actually um, Green Day's American Idiot. <laughs> love that musical because it's so different. It's rock and roll, but it's still theater and it's Broadway and it's fun I would love to be in some sort of metal rock and roll <laughs> musical <laughs> which I don't know if that's out there but if it is please <laughs> I'll do it I'm gonna... we're gonna have to give you uh, or give uh, give your name to Lin-Manuel Miranda if we ever well now if when we talk to him because I'm sure he has a rock <laughs> musical somewhere hidden in that massive amount of talent <laughs> yeah when you yeah not if yeah. when you talk to him like, drop me in a little bit. Tell them she's ready. Have you heard of Jasmine Day? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, she's playing the new Elizabeth. Uh, you, uh, you've probably yeah. seen the promos for the new show. Yeah, yeah. She she wants to be in a musical. Boom. Serendipity. Boom. <laughs> Actually, okay. Speaking of speaking of Manuel Miranda, have you guys watched Tick Tick Boom? Not yet. yet. Is it good? Oh my gosh. Okay. The Tick Tick Boom. If you if you do get a chance to watch it, man, I've I've always been a huge fan of Andrew Garfield. Um, I've always thought he's amazing, and just listening to his interviews, he's actually a big acting inspiration for me as well. Um, just you know, and like you watch any of his interviews, you listen to him. He's hilarious. He's so much fun. He's always ready to go at any challenge, and he's hilarious. And then and then he's in these crazy dramatic roles, and he's crying and it's just so intense and anything he goes at is so intense and I love that about him and the role that he plays in Tick Tick Boom he plays Jonathan Larson um playwright of Rent and a bunch of a couple other things oh my gosh oh my gosh that's the kind of actor I want to be let me tell you he's just embodies just from his voice to his singing to his performance every little um Oh, what's the word? Um, just like all mannerisms. Yeah. 
wow, that's the kind of actor I want to be. <laughs> that's okay. That's good to hear. Cause I've heard nothing but great things about tick, tick, boom. And I I'm right there with you because when I saw the social network and I was getting into, you know, the acting part of this industry, he was the one I emulated because he has so much in, in his face. He can show so much within five seconds. It's insanity. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that that's uh, one of, one of our sort of like mantras on set is always uh, show don't tell, whether that's for writing, whether for that's camera work, whether that's for acting, we just show it as much as you can because that'll go miles more than whether you hit it over the head a million times with whatever dialogue you're saying or in the script or whatever. It's just so important to show. And I think that Andrew shows so well Andrew, like I'm like, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, who's that behind you? She's hanging out, drinking a tea. Yeah, right. Oh, Andy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <we're- laughs> oh, Andy. So just anything like that. I actually just watched the social network again last night because I was on, I'm on an Andrew Garfield kick Isn't right it now. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, so good. And then me running around with like, oh, sorry, my prize at the cleaners is <laughs> just, my mom's like, <laughs> you doing <laughs> have you seen under the silver lake speaking of andrew garfield yes i have i okay. love that yeah movie. that completely weird those who are listening who haven't seen it be ready for like probably one of the weirdest movies you'll ever see but it's incredible like it was incredible i had um i watched it with one of my friends and they didn't tell me what it was about so oh. i said all right let's andrew garfield i'm in and i was totally not expecting what I watched it was a great surprise highly recommend it (laughs) do you is there anybody else um that you kind of view as a role model in terms of acting and and who you whose career you admire um this is a very funny answer (laughs) um a lot of the times preface uh a lot of the times whether I'm directing something myself or writing anything myself and of course performing um I always strangely enough draw my inspiration from music and I think that that's because I am a musician myself and sort of encompassing all of the different types of performance that I do I try to combine it to give it a sort of well-roundedness as much as I can and so before any sort of acting short film, especially for Safe House, I had a, I always make a playlist of music for my character. So that way, you know, we're getting ready on set. I tell everybody I'm going to be in the corner for a second, pop in my headphones and get ready by listening to this playlist that I think the character that I'm playing would listen to, or just the emotion that I'm trying to emulate from this song or this this music for a lot of uh, for a lot of Joe for Safe House I had like I had Nine Inch Nails on there I had I actually had the um, immigrant song from yes. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo <laughs> <laughs> the music just gets you into character so well and where was I going with this music um, so music is a huge part of my acting always and. Like I said, I love rock and roll. And one of the musicians that I've been a fan of and just has looked up, have looked up to for a really long time 
is Andy Biersack. He's the singer of Black Veil Brides. And he is super, super inspirational because I, of course, have listened to like every interview out there, right? But a lot of the things that he talks about from a young age, he was putting on shows for his family like age five and insisted that everyone called him by a stage name. And once he was trying to start a band in his, um, in like his high school years, he was always so distraught because it felt like nobody else loved it as much as he did. And he wanted this group of people that was just so dedicated and loved the art as much as he did. And I think that that's really important because he never um, sort of waited for anyone. He kept going and, you know, whoever was right there with him, then they would, they would come along. And now, you know, they have this really great tight knit band and everybody just that's there loves it as much as he does. But it was listening to him talk about sort of anxiety as a performer and he has um, OCD. I struggle with OCD since, since I was very young. And it's hard as a performer because, you know, you wake up one day and you're so excited to do what you want to do. And then the next day you wake up and it's like, I can't do this. I'm a fraud. Like, why am I trying to do this when everyone else is doing it so much better? What do I have to offer? And it's getting past that anxiety of just trying to go out and do your art is so hard sometimes. And I think that that's part of the challenge. So listening to people like Andy Biersack or, or Andrew Garfield or many, many, many other performers, just hearing that everyone struggles with that, even if you're a list actor in Hollywood or you're this huge arena packing of musician, rock and roll, like persona, everything, no matter who you are, you still struggle with that. And I think that that's really important for actors just starting out to hear that because that is something that sort of maybe scares people away from going after their dream and trying to do what they want to do is that it's scary and it's hard, but if it wasn't a challenge, then it's not worth doing it. It's almost, sorry, I rambled. No, it's beautiful. No. Great. <laughs> No, it's like, it's, it's been said a couple of times before too. And it's been said because it's true, right? Like it's, you're you're not in this because it's easy. You're in this because it's going to try to run you down before you get anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. There's, um, I don't know. There's some quote that like, I just like try to push myself all the time. I had it as my wallpaper for a while. It was like, uh, like fall in love with what kills you Mm. or something like that. Like, love it so much you are willing to run yourself into the ground for it and that's that's how much you love it and that's how much I love performing um can you think of a time um kind of going off of this conversation about like challenges and just um a a show or a recital or um you know a film or whatever that you found particularly challenging and, and had to just find the, a a new way to kind of embrace it. So, and then like it being successful and rewarding by the end. 
yeah um well i guess we should talk about safe house okay. um so, sure yeah. uh it was that is the by far the most challenging role that i've ever had and i'm very grateful for having that role i think that it greatly improved me as an actor and realizing what i'm sort of capable of um going into the role i was very very nervous because i knew how important joe is to the story i know how important joe is um as this character like with her sisters and this sort of familial bond and i just i also knew how important joe's fight is for sending a message to the audience so you know sort of emulating that that courage even when you're paranoid and sort of keeping going when when something terrible has happened to you it was very challenging and I wasn't quite sure how to start where to start with that character and the great thing about working with Calvin um he is a director that very much so loves to collaborate with his actors and is always looking for new ideas on how to deepen the character, especially from, you know, the actor's personal life. What can you bring to this character to make it even more real? So we would, um, Madison Card and Brittany Carpenter and Jesse Davis, um, my three co-stars, we would sit down at Calvin's apartment and we would just we would talk for hours about these characters and nothing that we were talking about is ever said, you never see it in the movie, but it was important for us to have this whole, like we painted this whole backstory of the characters, what their relationships are, how they like what they love, what they don't love. How is their relationship with their parents? What, like, what did they like to do at school? What's their favorite food? Like, we were making them into real people as much as as much as we could and that was very helpful because once joe was sort of a real person for me i think it was easier to understand her and emulate her become her on screen it was very hard at first with the um uh, joe's paranoid throughout the whole movie and I mean, I struggle with a lot of anxiety, but being paranoid on screen for that long, especially when you stay in character and you're not like, I never left that character for two weeks straight. I was exhausted. And I, even when we finished the movie, like I would even still be like checking through the windows and like, I already have OCD. So me like checking the locks around the house, hopefully no murderers get into my house tonight is just all consuming and it was it was it's helpful it's very very helpful to become that character as much as you can because it was it was really hard um like i said earlier music it was a big help so the day that i had my first scene that i was filming i was so nervous i thought i was going to throw up because i was like what if i'm not good enough what if i can't do it and so i told everybody like everybody shut up leave me alone i'm going to go into the corner i'm going to stick in my headphones and I had this little journal that uh, Joe has in the movie where she watches outside the window and she's kind of like taking note 
of any suspicious activity. So I was writing down like white truck passing at 12.15 and then lady walking her dog at 12.17, just craziness. And so I'd be in the corner, like scribbling in this notebook and I looked crazy. (laughs) Like after a while I felt crazy, which honestly helped a lot. Um, But it was so challenging and I had never really done any um, like performance combat before. So that was new getting to do fighting, a high physical activity level, just always try to be at 10 with running around. And I was exhausted, so much adrenaline. There's at the end, there's the big fighting scene with the the bad guy. Um, I got clocked in the face Mm. by accident by by, uh, the guy that plays um, no one. Sweetest guy in real life, one of my very, very dear friends. We didn't realize until when I woke up that morning, the next morning, my face was like black and blue and yellow. (gasps) But it's just like when you're going so hard, you don't feel it. And he was like, Yeah, you pushed me on the ground. I'm like, Yeah, I have rocks in my knees. I have a bruise on my face, but let's do it again. Because staying in that character, you just don't realize it. And it's it's so much fun, but it's it was a challenge. It was a challenging too for sure holy cow <laughs> oh my god and you said you didn't you didn't notice it or feel it until the next day no so that was actually that was a rough night oh actually. we were filming in the middle like middle of nowhere uh on a dirt road and it's when we are having this big fight scene like we finally finished filming it but this was april in colorado so it's still mm-hmm. cold I'm in a tank top. I'm freezing my ass <laughs> off. And we we were doing the fight. I didn't realize like his elbow or his fist or something must have hit me. And then we finished there. That was like in Greeley. We drive back to Loveland. So by the time I get all the blood off my face, like shower, everything, I go to sleep at two. We get up to shoot at four. So I slept on the floor for two hours wake up there's a bruise on my face there's leftover blood on my face I'm like all right let's put these dark circle makeup on like put our murder costumes on let's go I was I was delusional but you know I'm grateful for that because Joe is so paranoid and she doesn't sleep the entire time because of it so I mean I literally did not sleep in it and it helps with the character because by the end, I think we were all like, we we're getting a little stir crazy because we've been in Calvin's house filming and we've all been seeing each other, like only each other for two weeks and we're staying in this one place and we're exhausted. And I think that it really helped bring out great performances from everyone. What was your, what was your decompression uh, methodology to, to get out of sort of Joe's skin after you guys wrapped filming and how long did that take? <laughs> Um, um, interesting question. Uh, I don't like, I did decompress from Joe. Um, it also helped because I was graduating college at the time. So pretty much right after we finished filming, it was my finals week. Jeez. So that was crazy. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I graduated, (laughs) but 
that was, I think that was good for a whole like 180 distraction back to school. But I feel like any character that I play, especially with Joe, because I think of them like it is me on screen, but then after it's kind of like they're a friend that you know and that you don't really see anymore. And I think that the characters kind of always stay with you, but maybe they don't occupy the forefront of your minds, like, of course, when you're filming. But I think it's important that the characters do stay with you because you learn so much from playing that character. And then the next character you get to play, you take little bits of yourself and put them into the character. You can take little bits of past characters and kind of just see how they all relate in this weird little performance web that connects everything. Um, I never really like to let characters go because they're important. And Joe is very important to me as well. Um, it was a huge challenge. And I think reminding myself of that challenge and what I am capable of is very important. But other than that, you know, I just watched a lot of other movies. <laughs> Any other genre movies? <laughs> um, that also helped. <laughs> Yeah, I think I watched a lot of, um, what did I, what was I watching? I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is not all too different, but kind of different. <laughs> different. But at least like, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm picturing you watching the, uh, God, uh, like Hush, that episode of Buffy. Do you remember Hush? Oh, God. <laughs> Hush, God. Oh man, that movie scared me so much. <laughs> I actually, I watched that um, at one of my friend's houses with like a big group of people for the first time. And they have, we were watching it in their living room and they have a bunch of windows no. all over the place and it was dark. So of course the ones that had seen it before were kind of, of like course. messing around with us. And then we were just like the windows, the windows. <laughs> Cover them up. We have curtains. Use them. This is crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch Hush after rapping. <laughs> so yeah, that's I, I wouldn't blame you for going into like a full on Katherine Heigl rom-com marathon. Yeah, the, right. Like, safe house. <laughs> like they're not good, but I feel better. <laughs> I think that's when I'm like, all right, it's time to watch Chicago and February. Mm-hmm. Like back to musicals. <laughs> So what what's your what's your favorite musical? I have to ask I have to ask that question because you have you know Chicago and La La Land behind you. You just you know mentioned Cabaret. What's your all time? Yes. Favorite? Um, so uh, back to rock and roll. Um, I love American uh, Green Day's American Idiot. Okay, so that is it your had, that is your favorite. That is, strangely enough, it is very it is very close. Um, but I think that will always be my okay. favorite. It was. Um, one of the first musicals I went to go see by myself, which was whatever a big deal for me. And it was Green Day and I've always loved Green Day. And, you know, just like sitting in the audience, these rock and roll, like badass people sing Green Day music. And there's this crazy story about, you know, like, oh, I want to leave my hometown because whatever. And of course, teenage me was like, yeah, me too. Um, just jamming out so much fun in it was really cool. I actually got to see it for the first time in a theater in Albuquerque. 
and one of the actors that played um, one of uh, like the antagonist in the original Broadway cast, his name is Tony Vincent. He is from Albuquerque mm. and they were doing a little workshop with him a couple days after their show. So I got to go to the workshop with him and learned a bunch of stuff from that. He's such a sweet, amazing guy. And I'm still friends with him. He's another huge inspiration to me from Albuquerque doing these crazy concerts and what like Jesus Christ Superstar and whatever, all of these crazy things. So I think that will always hold a very special place in my heart. Um, and also, I just love Green Day. But <laughs> another one, I think, uh, I think Tick, Tick, Boom takes like a, I think it takes a top oh. five. Um, and I don't know. Chicago Cabaret. I love Bob Fosse. So I just love it. I love all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the darker, grittier musicals for sure. That was more my mm -hmm. style. Yeah, definitely. You have to come up and check, uh, check out some of Steph's project she's working on. <laughs> the one I'm doing is not dark and gritty. <laughs> But it's a fun musical. Uh-huh. I love musicals. I want to see. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I had a question and I lost it. She's doing her thinking face. I am. Um, <laughs> what is, what is a, a role or a genre you could never picture yourself in like that Ooh, you either good. don't have any interest in doing, or it would just be so far fetched for you that like, you don't even think to audition for it. Um, all right. <laughs> okay. Tyler. Uh, wrong uh -huh. <laughs> um, but not, but like not really though, because I would always, um, I always want to try everything at least once. Like I haven't gotten to do any sci-fi anything yet. So I think like sci-fi would be super cool. Um, I always want to try a little bit of everything. I think if I ever did a rom-com, it would not really be a rom-com and more like marriage story. <laughs> like like the really drama like mm -hmm. romantic make you cry whatever I think that would be really challenging in its own way just that intense like raw relationship that you have to put out on the screen for someone oh marriage story marriage story made me cry oh my gosh it was rough but I would love to do something like that or just a really I don't know because it's it's real it's it's sad and it's raw and it's real and I think that that's really great um I don't think that I would ever really do a rom-com they're not really my thing um I kind of like uh British rom-coms because I think they're kind of like a little more raunchier and funny <laughs> something like that maybe okay all right there's a there's a pretty big uh UK base of listeners for this show so <laughs> you never know I think one of the only rom-coms that I will watch a lot is a um it's David Tennant and I think Kelly McDonald it's called The Decoy Bride love David Tennant heard of that. it's really funny um 
maybe something like that. <laughs> you had me at David Tennant. <laughs> exactly. I mean, anything with David Tennant in it, I'm in. So, oh, um, actually, I didn't ask you this. Are you currently uh, repped in New Mexico? Uh, do you yeah, say that? Yeah. Do you have an agent? Um, I'm working on oh, yeah. it. <laughs> it's it's difficult to get an agent. Um, I am hoping for one soon. I'm in uh, some emails with one place. So it's just kind of I putting in the work for the research about which agency would fit you the most. And it's, it's hard. <laughs> so um, getting an agent is hard. It's something I'm working on. I wish I was, but one day very soon I will be. Yeah, well, it seems like we're in a market right now where you don't necessarily need an agent, you know, at least for the time being, you can self-submit day and night, right? Mm. Right, exactly. So I think at the level that I'm at right now, um, to jump to maybe some more, the bigger projects that I want to do, of course, I would love to have an agent. But, you know, for right now, um, in the meantime, while I'm self-submitting on backstage kind of being my own agent it's it's okay for now. <laughs> yeah it's a little scary when somebody just says hey here sign this contract you're with us for two years a little scary <laughs> a little scary that's why i'm trying to put in as much research as i can because you know you hear like horror stories from some people sure. that i sold my soul away to this agency for two years and it was a terrible experience so i'm trying to put in as much research in contact before I sign any contracts <laughs> yeah um having just recently graduated college and kind of being at the beginning of your of your film career um what is something that you have learned already that you would want to share with um you know uh people your age who are maybe on a different path, but, you know, I have the same goals or, um, you know, something that you've learned from somebody else or just, yeah, that you would, you, you think is, it has been important to your process and, and you think will be important going forward. Well, um, regarding college, I am very, very, very thankful that I got the opportunity mm -hmm. to go to college. Um, I believe I was the first female graduate in my family. Um, I think so. So that was really exciting and sort of like a goal that I had for myself. Um, and I'm really grateful that I did go out to Colorado because of course I got to meet this amazing group of filmmakers. And like one thing that I've learned is college is definitely not for everyone. And it's difficult being an, a performer because it's like, well, do I want to go take all these theater classes and get this degree or do I want to go out and audition but then like it's always that like backup plan and having a degree to fall back on and I think I mean it's much easier said than done but go out and do what feels best for you I mean you don't have to go to college I wanted to go to college but you don't have to and I think that I've learned that um just from many of my other friends that are performers you don't have to but, you know, I've learned so much. I, my degree is actually in English and film studies. So um, it gave me more knowledge about screenwriting. And I think as an actor, it's important.
a little bit about everything as much as you can. So if you can do a little bit of writing and a little bit of directing, and then you work crew, and then you're also an actor, I think it makes you a better actor. <laughs> or if you're a director and you do some performance, it makes you a much better director, I think, because then you know how to re relate to your performers. And I think it makes a better all around thing. So even if you're not a performer or if you're a musician or a visual artist or anything like that, um, I think what I've learned is, especially while you're young, try as many different types of your genre of art, we'll say, that you can, because I think it, being as well-rounded as possible is so important. And then you never know when you're gonna get that call from someone and say, and they're saying like, oh, we're looking for someone, but do you happen to know, like, I don't know, how to play the drums or something? Well, yes, I do. And then just learning as much as you can while you can is so important, whether that's at college or that's not at college. Um, just, I don't know, get your hands on something, and learn <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you've been involved in, you know, just looking at your resume, you've, you've had your hand and several different projects, even, you know, during and, and after college, which much, I mean, they, they must come with some sort of uh, like what we call party story. So if you, you know, were on a, a set or something crazy happened or you have a day in your life that you just, you will never forget because it's just seared into your brain. Do you have a, a party story that you could share with us? Oh boy. Um, I knew this question was coming and I've been trying to think about it because Calvin stole my party. <laughs> oh, that jerk. <laughs> I know. Calvin. Um, I know he stole my party story, which <laughs> go listen to his episode because it was really funny. Crazy <laughs> things um, that have happened. Um, I don't know. Being on set all the time is crazy. Um... <laughs> Oh no, no, it's, too late. it's okay. Like, like even now when you're working as, as crew, have you witnessed anything? And you're just like, holy shit, what is happening right now? Um there I feel like there's so there's so many instances of that. I think because it's always just so go, 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 and it's chaotic. And then you turn around and you're like, wait, what the hell is going on over there? And then you have to go back to doing your job. Um can I think of um I, okay this isn't necessarily like a crazy but it was one of uh one of the days where I was um I was filming two different things back to back and I had to be <laughs> I had to be like covered in blood for both of them like it was just crazy makeup day all around so my friend's Emma Golub was there. She was, she did uh, costumes and makeup for Safe House 1618. She's an amazing writer and director in her own right. She's doing another feature coming up soon, which I am so thankful to be in. Um, but she was doing, she was on set for the short film and I had to be in crazy, crazy makeup. And we were doing like this sort of stop motion thing where it would be like two seconds of me. And then we'd have to go run and do like special effects makeup and add more and more and more and more. And the first thing that we, it was supposed to be like my skin was cracking. And the first thing that we were trying, it wasn't working. So she had this clay face mask that you're supposed to like, whatever, it's good for your skin. And 
So we put it on my skin and like kind of moved it around. And once it dried, I looked like I was a lizard <laughs> or like an alligator. <laughs> or like really great zombie makeup maybe. And we were just covering it all over me. It looked awful. And then we were blow drying my face. And then for the next thing that we had to pick up on, like take it all off, put on pretty like nice eyeliner, nice makeup. I look nice and then dump me in blood and then blood's in my eye. And I'm like, can I take a shower? Cause you just sprayed blood directly into my eye and then put the makeup <laughs> back on and then drive to Denver and then be in a completely different costume where I'm like this, uh, it was a short, short called Gore House. And I play this sort of like um, uh, cannibal creepy, like this, like this group of cannibal girls, but we, um, we run this, uh, what is the word? Um, I can't think of the word. We lure men brothel. in that are bad. Brothel. We, <laughs> we run in the brothel and then we kill them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm dressed in like this really pretty like heels, looking nice, everything. And they're like, all right, we need to dump you in blood again. I'm like, all right, this is like the fifth time today. Sure, go ahead. So they have it in a spray bottle <laughs> and they're spraying me spraying me and then one stream gets directly into my eye so I'm crying blood and they're like are you okay I'm like this is the second time I've cried blood today (laughs) so just being an actor and doing crazy actor things and then times you and she's like are you okay I'm like it's just for a shoot she's like why are you covered in blood it's just that's my, that's yeah. my life all the yeah. why, are blood? why are you covered in blood i love it <laughs> yeah. but now i hope that you've learned that you can close your eyes while they're spraying you with blood <laughs> yeah lesson learned from that for sure both of them are like all right i need you to like stare really intensely at the camera while we spray blood on you and i'm like yeah, yeah. It into my eyes. <laughs> I don't know it's fun it's very fun it makes for a good party story I guess when you're driving home from the set and then your friend's like why do you have a gallon of blood and trash bags in your car and you're like don't worry I'm a filmmaker it's fine (laughs) it's the only career that we could have where that's oh yeah yeah, it's okay yeah it's good it's good don't worry about it I was sorry for a tangent but I was so scared night of um that I told you I got clocked in the face from the fighting scene we were driving home or we were or not home we were driving back to Calvin's place at Loveland which was our set and it was like 12 30 maybe and I'm still like blood all over my face bloody shirt and then because I drive a jeep so I have a big trunk in the back so I'm like prop carrier I have a fake, um, like a uh, block, the cement blocks. Mm. I have a fake cement block. I have rope. I have a bucket. <laughs> I have a bin full of prop guns, like just plastic guns. I have gallons of blood. I look like I just have murdered a person, which I guess I kind of <laughs> did. And I'm like, please don't get stopped please do not get stopped because how am I supposed to explain totally to <laughs> totally that's hilarious I didn't but I'm really I was really scared that I was going to. <laughs> that's the uh, best part that's the best part I've only had to use the filmmaking excuse once and that was when I was in 
uh, Moab driving back to Colorado. I was on the highway in the mountains and I was in the left lane for like maybe two minutes. And this cop was very bored. So he pulled me over and through our conversations. So where, where are you coming from since you live in Colorado? Oh, I was, you know, I was working on the Lone Ranger. Oh, okay. Hold on one second. He waits 20 minutes in his car, comes back. All right, you're free to go. Mother, what? Were you talking to dispatch the whole time? Like, right. And I'm like covered in coal makeup. And like, yeah, like it, it looked like I had just been, you know, I don't know, woken up from a tomb or something. But yeah, it's just, oh, right. okay. Well, um, yeah, just stay in the right lane. Bye. Uh, oh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That's so funny. I've never been pulled over for driving on the le- in the left lane. But I guess that makes sense on those two lane roads. Yeah, I think I was trying to pass somebody, but he was he was bored. He was in front of me. Yeah, because he was in the left lane. Oh. So wait, hold on, Mister, you're in the left lane. <laughs> this was like ten brown, years ago. Tyler, he pulled you. Yeah, he's, you like, <laughs> he's driving a Volkswagen Golf. You can't afford that car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, that was my tangent. Uh, so you said you, uh, you were also involved in another project coming out. Is there, is this something we can, you know, share during this episode? Do you have anything you want to promote? Um, so, uh, I have a couple things that are waiting to come out. Um, one is called Gore House. Another one is called Clipped Wings. And what's the other one called? Um, and another short called Gravel which was all very fun and all three involved blood. So my favorite thing, um, of course, Safe House 1618. We actually just found out yesterday, we got into a third oh, festival, so we took, which was really exciting. We took home um, top feature from another Hole in the Head festival in San Francisco. And we took home um best narrative feature from chicago so we just got into another one yesterday and i really hope we get a third oh, one yeah <laughs> definitely check out all of everything going up about safe house 1618 and um i don't know i have lots of cool projects in the works i try to as much as possible all the time that's so, so cool exciting <laughs> thank you that is what's awesome. your social or do you use social media and stuff for for Yes, um, I usually am pretty much on Instagram most of the time. So my username is Jazz in Space. It's J-A-Z in Space. Uh, (laughs) And that's where, you know, we usually post like any movie things at any time. So definitely Instagram. Um, Trying to think. It's pretty much the only thing I ever use. (laughs) I'm right there. All right. (laughs) <laughs> uh has the time come oh oh for the oh yeah oh wait yeah. we have to do our stuff first before awkward goodbye i was gonna say let's oh, do awkward but i gotta do i know right <laughs> we haven't recorded uh, in like a week we we had, a, we had a backlog so we um, skipped a week <laughs> yeah so we're we're gonna do our spiel jasmine but uh before, before we get to the awkward goodbye part but like thank you so much for for coming seriously. on like seriously this is awesome Thank you so much for having me. That was a blast. Sorry, I rambled that so was much. Great. I was just so excited. <laughs> we'd, we'd rather have that than we've had a few people where it's like pulling teeth. You're like, uh, mm-hmm. okay, that was one sentence for an answer. Uh, what was your childhood like? Right. 
yeah that's so fun when oh wait I guess I do okay here's another thing Ooh. that I do um I also have a podcast oh, it's called the Men what um but yeah <laughs> I was like oh yeah that sounds familiar because sometimes getting answers out of people is like literally pulling teeth um but I also have a sort of like a female-run production company. It's called Street Style Cinema. So that is also on Instagram. And we make a bunch of music videos for local bands That's and stuff. That's cool. So go check that out. Wait, oh. and say your podcast name again? It's called The Midnight Show. It is on Spotify and Anchor. Nice. Just just holding out on us this for yeah, an hour. Right? Now, you, now you tell us? No, okay. I've, okay. I forgot <laughs> because I've been procrastinating because I have two episodes to edit. Yeah. <laughs> You oh know. yeah, I got one to put up today that I completely spaced on. So I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, uh, we appreciate you. We think you're great. Thanks for listening to us. Um, Please continue to rate, review, like, subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. Um, excuse me. Wow. That was a out of nowhere burp. Um <laughs> Now I lost my place. What else do we do? <laughs> oh, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I've just kind of given up on Twitter, so don't even bother anymore. Um, and at PWRP Podcast. Um, and if you like us enough to give us a five-star review and leave us a good rating, uh, we'd be happy to send you a thank you sticker. So you can um, uh, email us for one of those. Just tell us where you left your rating and review um, and tell all your friends about us. Uh, we really like doing this and um, we just, yeah, want to make sure that everybody who likes theater and film gets to hear us because we think we're great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, if you'd like to be on the show, whether you're somebody who is just starting their career, or maybe you've been in it for a while and you want to share your experiences, please email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you probably within like two or three days because we are now working. Uh, and now that pilot season is going, I'm auditioning for as much as I can. So uh, it's going to be a little bit. And yeah, we do love doing this. We are closing in. I don't say closing in. We are uh, in the neighborhood of almost 100 episodes. So like we're, we're pulling into the neighborhood looking for the house, but we're not on the yeah. street yet. Uh, so we want to try to get to a hundred. And then after that, it's, it's the thousand goal for me. So we want to keep this going as, as long as we can. Uh, so yeah, please send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. We'll go back to you as soon as possible. But in the meantime, uh, Miss Jasmine, we have our awkward goodbye, which I assume you already know what this is, right? Yes, I okay. do. Okay, all right. So uh, I'm going to do a, a silent countdown, Wayne's World style. And then when I point, you can get as awkward as you verbally can for a goodbye. You ready? All right. I'm so okay. ready. And. I mean, I don't know. Like, I could, we could do that, or like, I could see you soon, or like, or I don't know. We could just. I don't know or we could just say like but I don't want to say goodbye it's just I really like being here but or we could just I don't know bye that was brilliant <laughs>